0: It's only rarely that any part of the United Nations calls a spade a bloody shovel, and it's even rarer for a UN body to detail the atrocious totalitarian habits of some of its members. You can say that the UN majority of authoritarian governments... Plus, the even fewer democracies are like people in glass houses who never throw stones. They seldom do. But at last Monday, February the 17th, was very different. A commission of the United Nations really laid it on the line regarding North Korea. It's not something I normally do, but on this occasion I can do no better than to quote the press release from the United Nations itself. Quote, Geneva, February the 17th, 2014. A wide array of crimes against humanity arising from policies established at the highest level of state have been committed and continue to take place in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea according to a United Nations report released Monday which also calls for urgent action by the international community to address the human rights situation in the country including referral to the International Criminal Court. In a 400-page set of linked reports and supporting documents based on first-hand testimony from victims and witnesses, the United Nations Commission of Inquiry on Human Rights in the DPRK has documented in great detail the unspeakable atrocities committed in that country. The gravity, the scale, the nature of these violations reveal a state that does not have any parallel in the contemporary world. The Commission says in a report that is unprecedented in its scope. Unquote. Then the press release summarizes the wide ranging pattern of evil which the Commission discovered and which led to this grim conclusion about North Korea quote, These crimes against humanity entail extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape. Forced abortions and other sexual violence, persecution on religious, political, racial and gender grounds, the forcible transfer of populations, the enforced disappearance of persons, and the inhumane act of knowingly causing prolonged starvation... All are mentioned by the report, which adds that crimes against humanity are ongoing in the DPRK because the policies, the institutions and the patterns of impunity that lie at their heart remain in place. Unquote. The report implicitly criticizes the UN itself. Quote, The fact that the DPRK has for decades pursued policies involving crimes that shock the conscience of humanity raises questions about the inadequacy of the response of the international community which must accept its responsibility to protect the people of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea from crimes against humanity because the government of the DPRK has manifestly failed to do so, Unquote. After reading these forthright conclusions... The additional question naturally arises, how did this UN investigation come about in the first place? Evidently, the UNHRC, the United Nations Human Rights Council, meeting on Thursday, March 21, 2013, at its headquarters in Geneva, voted to create the commission to look into allegations of human rights violations in North Korea. The 47 members of the Council then unanimously adopted a resolution which was sponsored by the European Union and Japan and backed by the United States. Interestingly, since neither China nor Russia currently had a seat on the Council, North Korea lacked any ally willing or able to oppose or to block the investigation. So the only opposition to the resolution came from the North Korean ambassador to the United Nations, So Si Pyong, who rejected the commission with words very similar to those used by Pyongyang this past week, saying it was an instrument that serves the political purposes of the hostile forces in their attempt to discredit the image of the DPRK and denying that any human rights abuses existed in North Korea. The ambassador had earlier told the UNHCR that the proposed commission was a United Nations plot acting on the basis of fake material. The lack of any support at all for North Korea has to be seen in the context of The Times. North Korea had just carried out its third nuclear test despite warnings from both China and the United States. The UN Security Council had just imposed new economic sanctions and North Korea was threatening war against both South Korea and the United States. A special rapporteur for the council was Indonesian lawyer Mazuki Darusman, who wrote a report on North Korean human rights violations and made the interesting observation that the human rights situation had actually worsened since Kim Jong-un took over after the death of his father, Kim Jong-il, in December 2011, even though some foreign sources were then still speculating that Kim's accession meant a turn for the better. But at that time, the United Nations Human Rights Commissioner, Navi Pele, in an interview with Reuters News Agency, called the human rights situation in North Korea the worst in the world. Interviewed by the New York Times, the executive director of Human Rights Watch, Kenneth Roth, then suggested that the new UN inquiry would raise the pressure on North Korea beyond the usual routine condemnations. Roth thought that the new commission would have a better-staffed investigative body able to collect evidence to use in a potential prosecution. Quote, At the moment, there is no international tribunal that has jurisdiction over North Korea. Theoretically, the International Criminal Court could be brought in with a resolution from the UN Security Council, yet China would probably veto that at this stage. But collecting the evidence is the first step toward putting pressure on the international community and whoever North Korea's defenders are to ultimately acquiesce in prosecution, which is one way to deter the terrible atrocities that are routinely committed in North Korea, Now what Roth hoped for has come to pass. That new commission on human rights in the DPRK was given a year to complete its work. Its investigation has been amazingly thorough. In just 11 months, it has compiled a 30-page final report plus a 370-page addendum and also made its public hearings available on the Internet. On March the 17th, 2014, these documents will be formally presented to the UN Human Rights Council, later to the United Nations General Assembly, and later still to the Security Council. Only the Security Council can authorize that the crimes against humanity should be tried before the International Criminal Court. But the UNHRC could authorise a special ad hoc tribunal to hear the case as was done in relation to the former state of Yugoslavia. What are some aspects of the DPRK on which the international community should render a judgment? To again quote from the UN's own press release, there is almost a complete Denial of the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion, as well as the rights to freedom of opinion, expression, information and association. Propaganda is used by the state to manufacture absolute obedience to the supreme leader and to incite nationalistic hatred towards some other states and their nationals. Quote, State surveillance permeates private lives and virtually no expression critical of the political system goes undetected or unpunished. Quote, The key to the political system is the vast political and security apparatus that strategically uses surveillance, coercion, fear, punishment to preclude the expression of any dissent public executions and enforced disappearance to political prison camps serve as the ultimate means to terrorise the population into submission. Quote, The unspeakable atrocities that are being committed against inmates of the political prison camps resemble the horrors of concentration camps that totalitarian states established during the 20th century. The institutions and officials involved are not held accountable. Impunity reigns. It is estimated that between 80,000 and 120,000 political prisoners are currently detained in four large prison camps where deliberate starvation has been used as a means of control and punishment. Amidst this wealth of information and insight provided by the Committee of Inquiry into Human Rights in North Korea, I have only time today for two short extracts from its 370-page addendum. First, there is one paragraph on an often neglected problem. North Korean abduction of foreigners to North Korea. Quote, the North Korean regime is estimated to have kidnapped 200,000 foreigners since 1950, including women abducted so they could be taken as wives. Among the abductees were also a number of women from Europe, the Middle East and other parts of Asia who were abducted in order to be given as wives to foreigners already present in the DPRK. According to the findings of the Commission, the total number of potential victims who were brought to the DPRK between 1950 and the late 1980s could be over 200,000 persons." Secondly, some background to Kim Jong-un's recent purge and execution of his uncle, Jan Song-pek. Quote, ''North Korea engages in Orwellian-style rewrites of history.'' Reportedly, following the execution in December 2013 of Kim Jong-un's uncle, Jang son Thaek, about 35,000 articles from the KCNA website and a further 20,000 items from the Nodong Semnun website were all removed. This appears to be part of the wider efforts to purge Mr Jang from the DPRK's political history and is reflective of how the North Korean state controls and manipulates information to support its official position, Finally, to end, here are some of the comments recently made by the Chairman of the Commission former Australian judge Michael Donald Kirby, as he presented its findings in Geneva this past week. First, can anything be done about the violation of human rights in the DPRK?
1: Often during the course of this inquiry, I have been asked uh, by uh, people who are concerned about the situation in North Korea, well, can you expect anything to be done? can you really expect that anything will change, that North Korea will change or that the international community will pick up the call for action? Well, I do expect that the report will galvanise action on the part of the international community. And one reason for optimism is the fact that the mandate that was given to the Commission of Inquiry uh, was not confined to simply collecting the testimony but it directed our attention specifically to the issue of whether or not uh, violations of international human rights law had been established uh, and uh, whether or not crimes against humanity uh, had been established. Second,
0: the question of crimes against humanity.
1: The mandate which the Commission of Inquiry received from the Human Rights Council without a negative vote Uh, required us to look into whether there had been crimes against humanity. Uh, The answer to that is yes. And then they ask, what do we advise for making people accountable for them? And we've given a number of options, including... uh, One of them is to set up an ad hoc tribunal, like the one on the former Yugoslavia, and the other is to refer the matter to the um, International Criminal Court, which requires action by the Security Council.
0: Third, and finally, his hope that history will not be able to repeat itself.
1: No-one will be able to say in the future, if only we'd known about North Korea. As they said after the Second World War, if only we'd known. Well, now everyone will know and it will be available in our report and it is a wake-up signal to the world and hopefully to the leaders in North Korea.